Welcome to the Bloomprint Podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Sangarides, but you, my friend, can call me Elle. I'm a wedding and event florist, multi-six-figure business owner, and floral mentor here to help you create an elegant, efficient, and effective floral business you can absolutely love. If you're looking to take your floristry business to six figures and beyond, to create a business that works around your life and start living and working with purpose, my love, welcome. Let this be your blueprint. Hello, my loves. I am in my CEO era, my business boss era, my taking my business very seriously era, and my let's fucking do this era. And the further I go into that era, the more I realize I've drawn from my corporate era. So once upon a time, for those who don't know much about my background, I studied journalism and advertising at uni. And then I found myself working for state government here in Western Australia, first in a publishing division as an editor, and then later in corporate marketing and communications and managing large scale events and awards programs. So that's kind of where I've come from, I suppose, before I, you know, found my art in floristry. Now, for those who haven't been indoctrinated in the world of state government, it's a highly bureaucratic environment there are really strict processes and systems uh, we had to use for everything we did and there was an acronym and a checklist for basically everything as well (laughs) now coming from a place of needing to document everything have records for everything approvals and sign-offs for everything at the time when I quit anyway it seemed a little over processed But I can see where the initial need from this arises from. And I spent 14 years working in this environment. So when I finally finished up at the end of 2019, when I was pregnant with my first bub and I was, what, like four, three, four years into my business, I flung myself from the corporate world with an almost physical repulsion. (laughs) It was a world I did not want to be a part of anymore. And whether I was realizing it or not, I was, I was really in a space of reinventing myself or perhaps I was uncovering a version of myself. I hadn't, hadn't fully allowed myself to surface before. So I dove deep into a space of creativity, flower making and active wear. But whether you fancy yourself a creative or a practical being, when you run a floristry business, it's a lot more than just making flowers. It's also running a business. And if you want to do that well, you've got to put some energy into that business side of things, as well as the energy that you put into your artistry side of things. So in today's episode... Now that I've given you a bit of that background, I want to share with you five things I've carried through from my corporate career into my floristry business, which have been really the keys in building my business success so far. Believe it or not, it isn't just my flower making skills that have gotten me where I am today. So the first thing that I carried through is communication. If there's one thing you want to do and do it well in your business, it's communication. So map out the communication process with your clients, have 
templated emails ready to go for frequently asked questions and for each stage in your client journey so that you can be on top of things with your client. You want to be on the front foot, you see, so not having them follow up with you. You want to be the one following up with them. So if there's any changes, communicate them. If you've said you'll get them back a quote within seven business days and then something comes up, just communicate with them that you've had a busier than expected week. Let them know that their quote is next on the list and you'll get it to them by X date. You get to set those timelines. Also, when it comes to communication, you want to be really clear on what an acceptable level of communication is and set those boundaries early around hours of business and communication expectations. If you don't want to be chained to your business and your emails and your DMs 24-7, then don't answer them 24-7. Answer them during your business hours or on your business days. If you want to avoid a litany of questions, have an FAQ sheet that you send out to your new couples that outlines the next steps once they sign on. And always, and I mean absolutely always, be the one to check in for that final meeting. It's one of my irks, honestly, for a client to email me and they're like, just checking in when our final meeting will be. If you're on the front foot, you can lead charge and that feels so much more comfortable for me anyway. I I don't know about you, but when somebody's following up with me on things, I feel like I've missed something. I feel like I'm not in control of that situation. So perhaps it's the control freak nature uh, of me and how I run my business. But I feel like when I'm in control of what that communication process looks like, then my client doesn't have to worry about it. And I want them to have confidence in me. So communication is the key thing that I've brought through from my corporate career to my floristry business. The number two thing is planning and processes. Now, I've got to say, in state government, this aspect lent a little more towards over-planning and over-particular processes, but that definitely has taught me so much about what does and doesn't work in planning and processes for me and my business. So now in Maple and Wren and um, also in some elements of the Floral Art Academy, we have client workflows for the different aspects of the business. We have schedules for how our wedding week works and particular days of the week that certain tasks are done. And then we also have a wedding day process as well. We do as much as we can well in advance. Our floral orders are planned out with recipes for each item and confirmations are made at each key point in our process so that we can be confident going into a wedding day as well. When it comes to event day, my focus is always on negating problems because as we know, nothing ever goes 100% to a run sheet on a wedding day and there's often something that needs to be problem solved. So the more prepared and planned you can be, the easier it is to resolve an issue if it presents on the event day. Always allow a time buffer on a wedding day, have spare vases and foam and tape and floral tack and cable ties. I'd say don't ask why, just do it. But I could tell you a million stories for when I needed those things and I didn't have them on an event day. So if you can pack extra things and allow extra time, then you're always going to feel better going into an event day if something arises and you need to fix it. 
Quick ad break to introduce you to our upcoming masterclass, How to Nail a Five-Figure Floral Order. If you are chasing those higher spend couples, this masterclass is for you. In this masterclass, we'll equip you with all of the logistical knowledge that goes into making large-scale wedding floral bookings not only a reality for you, but a walk in the park to execute. We'll cover managing the floral order, working with planners and stylists, logistical requirements, staffing and contractors, and much more. Taking place on Tuesday, the 31st of October, 11.30am to 1.30pm, Australian Western Standard Time, live on Zoom. Enroll today to scale your business up. All right, the number three thing that I'm bringing with me from my corporate days into my business is spreadsheets. (laughs) Now, this is where my inner nerd really comes out when we do spreadsheets. I actually really love a spreadsheet. I like color coding them. I like the formulas. I like making everything add up. I like being able to triple check what an order looks like. Um, So the key spreadsheet that we use is a floral order template. Um, I have a template set up that I use for all of my orders. So this easily calculates how many bunches I need to order overall and it speaks to recipes for each item as well. So I never over order or under order my blooms anymore or my equipment. It's all in a spreadsheet and I know what I need to get. I use that spreadsheet as well. Um, Sorry, I use a different spreadsheet as well for planning our labor on major events. Now, when we're working on a really large scale event, um, the timing needs to be particular right we want to know how long things are going to take how many staff we're going to need so that we can get that job done i don't want to be caught out on a job and then not have enough time to complete it because we haven't staffed it accurately so it is really important to know how long each piece is going to take how long your preparation is going to take how long your transport is going to take and how many people you need to create the um the on-site pieces that you need to make I also have another spreadsheet that I use for my financial year planning when I'm mapping out our projected income, uh, the job numbers, our outgoings, and that way we can forecast for the year um, what our financial situation is going to look like or what we want it to look like. Um, I can also then map that into quarterly goals as well and work out just exactly where the business needs to be to click over to the next level or to hit the goals that we want to achieve. I just find with a good spreadsheet, it takes the guesswork out so you can feel confident going into a job. My shoulders always relax when I know we've got the spreadsheet done. All right, let's talk about number four. Number four is briefings. Oh my God. When I worked in corporate, there was a briefing note for everything and they were detailed with a capital D because if you didn't put it in a briefing note that the minister is meant to park in a particular spot, enter through a particular door and then provide them with a map of that venue, how are they going to know where they're going on the day? Right? Might sound a little bit ridiculous, But I have freelanced on jobs where when I've got there, I have not been clear where the arbor's meant to be set up, what flowers I'm using for that arbor. And then when I've gone to make it, 
there's not enough pieces of foam or they don't have enough cable ties to use for that arbor or there's no inspo image so I'm not really sure what it is that I'm meant to be creating. So I keep this in mind now when I am briefing my staff and freelancers to go out on a job. I want them to be clear what flowers and what buckets are for each item so that there's no confusion on the job what flowers they need to use and how much product they have to work with. I want them to have the equipment for that job ready to go. I want them to know how long I expect it's going to take and what time they need to be out of that venue as well so that they're not sitting there going, yeah, but how long do I have to make this? I want them to be clear what um, what cleaning expectations there are, um, what if there's ladders that they need to use, All of that stuff is in a briefing note, as well as the key client contact details um, and anything else that they need to know about that event on the day so that if they're going in, they're not going in blind. I want to take all of that guesswork out of it. And that's why I feel like having a really clear briefing, uh, a really clear recipe for each item and really clear instructions for that event that's going to set you up for a positive outcome on the day, especially when you're briefing staff and freelancers. And when it's easy for my staff and my freelancers, it's easy for me. And that's why I love me a good briefing. All right, let's talk about lucky number five. Lucky number five is templates. Templates are your friend. If you have to do something for every wedding or event, you can template it. Let me say that again. If there is something that you need to do for every single wedding or event, you can template it. And that means it will save you time. And one of my core values is efficiency. (laughs) I don't want to waste time sending the same email to six brides every week. I want a templated email that I can change their names, change their details in and send it off to all six of them. So now we have a form for our wedding and event bookings so that we get all the information that we need up front to consider whether it's a job that we can take on. So that reduces the back and forth. We have a template for all of our wedding quotes and another for all of our event quotes. So All we have to do is fill in the details and add the photos. I've got a template for the way I do my mood boards through PowerPoint, so I can just swap out the images as necessary, ready to go. There's a template for our floral proposals, which I use during my consultations. And then all of our email communication is not only templated, but it's also automated to occur as per our workflow for those, that type of client. So I don't even have to send it out or remember to send something out. It's sent automatically when it reaches X days before the wedding. That's when they get whatever piece of communication it is that they need. We've also got templates for all of our briefings, for our social tiles, for the documents that we send out to clients. This is honestly one of the keys to making life so much easier in general. So those are five key things I've carried through from my corporate era into my flower CEO era. I think when you're working a nine to five and trying to build a business, 
it's easy to just want to chuck the corporate job completely in the bin. And I've been there. I really understand what that feels like. But I urge you to think about the skills you're using there and how that might transfer into your business. Analyze the processes and procedures of your current workplace if you if you have another another job as well as your floristry business. And look at what things work and what things don't work. Write them down. Consider how you can also carry that through to help build your business and refine your service or make your business easier to run. Now, look, if you're working in a massive corporation, obviously things are going to be different to how you do them in your beautiful floral business, especially if you're just starting out and it's just you. But the more that you can implement now to go, okay, they have this massive process, but how can I simplify that for my business? The more that you look at how, you know, they use different spreadsheets or templates, for instance, you might be able to refine those to use in your business so that you've got an easier way of running. Because at the end of the day, if you're running your own business, then chances are you're chasing some form of freedom. So we want to free up you to experience more of it. So you don't just get trapped in a hole of your own making within your business. Now, for those of you who are attending our masterclass next week, how to nail a five figure floral order, which is happening on Zoom on the 31st of October, you are going to benefit greatly because we will be giving all of our masterclass participants access to our floral order spreadsheet, a copy of our briefing templates for staff, and also the details of our wedding process that lead to successful event days. And in turn, the positive reviews from our clients all of which helps to grow and expand our confidence and our business. So if you're not enrolled, head over to our website, mwfloralartacademy.com.au and enroll yourself today so you can help level up your floral business. I can't wait to see you there, my loves. Bye for now. And I will see you next week for another episode of The Blueprint. My love, as always, thanks for tuning into The Blueprint today. If you found this episode useful, please share it with your flower friends, share it in your stories and give us a tag at maple and wren underscore floral art academy and connect with us for more juicy content. If you're loving the podcast, we would love it if you could go and leave us a five-star review so we can get this awesome content out to more floral folk and business owners all around the world. Thanks for your time, my love. We'll see you next week for more of The Blueprint.